This is why small business matters from Northumbria University. Supporting small businesses with the Help to Grow Management Programme. Hello and welcome to this episode of Why Small Business Matters, a podcast where we talk to entrepreneurs, owners, leaders and policymakers about what makes a successful business. I'm Sarah Stevenson, Programme Manager for the Help to Grow Management Programme at Northumbria University, a course designed to help SME leaders to boost the performance and resilience of their business. Today, I'm joined by friend of the Help to Grow Management course, Justin Turner, Justin is not only a director of the accountancy and bookkeeping firm Orange Umbrella, a business where the aim is to relieve business owners of unnecessary stress and anxiety, he's also a subject expert and visiting lecturer at Northumbria University, helping business leaders to understand finance and financial management. He's also a business author. Justin describes himself as a Newcastle-based entrepreneur with a passion for helping business owners understand their business finances. Justin, welcome to Why Small Business Matters. Thanks so much for having me, yes. You're very welcome. How do you pack so much into an average working week, let alone a month that's been packed full of bank holidays? Oh, God, that's a very difficult question. My wife often picks up the pieces of my ridiculous life that I lead. It's kind of two, I've got two small children uh, and I'm really keen into triathlon as well. So I do a lot of triathlon training. Um, obviously, I'm teaching for Northumbria. Um, and one of the things he didn't had to, that wasn't in my bio is I'm the FD for another company as well. So um, I've got a PA, which doesn't surprise you probably to hear that, uh, who tries <laughs> to keep control of everything. Um, but it's, it's, it is a, a big, big challenge. And I, I sometimes can be on the verge of burnout. I will admit that. Now, you and I know each other from the Help to Grow Management course, and you've not only been teaching the finance part of this course, but you were involved in the pilot that we ran during COVID uh, when it was purely online. I don't want to dwell too much on COVID today, but in your opinion, how did your clients cope with that period and have your clients adjusted since then? It was uh, I, I, right at the very beginning of the, the pandemic, I decided you know, I made a decision. We had a, a team meeting and I, I said to my staff, I said, we're going to come through this okay. I was absolutely certain. And I said, we're going to support and do everything we can for our clients. And, um, you know, that was an amazing meeting for me because I had a member of staff saying, if I need to take a pay cut, I will do, you know, all of these things. And I, I just looked at my team and I thought, you know, we are in the perfect place to support the clients. So, I embarked upon this process of ringing all of our clients uh, and I realized how many clients I had even at that stage uh, it was it took me 3 days to ring everybody um and it was just it was heartbreaking you know people were like the sales have fallen off a cliff you know what do I do and you know I was just trying to give help and support um and then my last call that I made was uh, a company that do raw dog foods and they were like, we've had the best time ever. We, you know, we've made, and I nearly cried. <laughs> I was so emotional for like, eventually I had, I'd found someone who had done well. Um, and that was, that was really kind of big. And from there, we decided to set up this um, marketing campaign. We wanted to help. That was what we wanted to do. And all the government releasing all this help, you know, and no one understood it. So I, I decided to do this thing, which was I would open up my diary and any, anybody 
literally anybody could book in a 20-minute call um, with me, clients or not, and I would just explain the government support. Um, and we, the Facebook ads, um, to buy Facebook ads, it was in, you know, it was absolutely rock bottom because everyone had pulled their budget. So you could, you could, for very little spend, you could push a message out there. Um, so next thing I knew, I had a hundred people had booked into my diary, um, and I went round ringing people. And I think that's the emphasis of, you know, in in these periods of kind of uncertainty, you can't stand still. You've got to push 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 and i think we were really really good at supporting our clients and um we we did everything we possibly could um and my team were fantastic and we went through this amazing period of growth as a result that's great and and the reaction now i mean have most clients bounced back what's um what's your feeling there's been a few that haven't bounced back um some very much have some have come back stronger um the trade and the way their business operates is different. Um, it, ourselves included, you know, we're hybrid working and actually that works really well. We've got more staff than desks in the office now. Um, but there's been one or two, I think in particular the hospitality business, it's just the footfall didn't come back. Office, you know, office workers were doing hybrid working. So traditional delis, for example, making up sandwiches and doing sort of outside catering. The volume wasn't there and they've we we have lost a few a few clients. They've just not been able to survive, unfortunately. Um but a lot of it's surprising how resilient people have been. Um and Entrepreneurs are very creative, I think, um, and they can come up with new ways to change and pivot their businesses, which is, is fabulous, really. So I want to talk a little bit about how you help businesses. Um, and you, you've mentioned resilience and creativity. But first of all, I'd just like to ask you about the module that you deliver, or the module, the the, the work that we deliver to our, the participants on Help to Grow. Um, because I think you try to take the mystery out of finance and financial management, don't you? We may have accountants in the room. We may have people with absolutely no experience at all, but they're really trying to drive growth in their business. So how do you cope with the fact that sometimes you're faced with people with a lot of different level of expertise and experience? It is incredibly difficult. And you know all too well, Sarah, that I agonise terribly about <laughs> the subject matter because um, <laughs> it is a really difficult crowd. You know, we've I've got chartered accountants who are probably better qualified than I am um, coming along and you know we've got a huge slide deck of all of these really complex in my opinion complex financial slides but then we might have someone who's the marketing manager they're not really going to understand so um, what I try to try to do is get do a bit of the basics of you know what is financial reporting and why it matters I actually think it's about people Fundamentally, you know, businesses run because of people. And actually, if you want to, you know, if you want to do better in your business, then you've got to get the people to do something. Um, so a lot of it's to do with process. Um, how, do, how do you follow through? Um, and I do some, one particular thing is I follow through a purchase invoice. You know, what happens to a purchase invoice? And some people probably don't think about this sort of stuff, but you know, there's me in my office once with a stopwatch, you know, how long does it take to open up a piece of paper and scan it in and enter it into the account software? Um, and that's just one illustration is actually if you drill down into finance, it's 
it's it's all about process it's all about people and how do you get it to string together so i've developed this kind of deck of slides um which is less about the actual numbers uh, but more about following through the right processes and supporting the people um yeah we look at uh, kind of technology tools as well um which i'm hugely passionate about technology and accountancy so we we look at sort of um automated cash flow forecasting i use a, a really cool piece of software uh, to show people how to do that talking about automation processes all of that kind of great stuff so i've really enjoyed teaching it but it is a difficult crowd it really is um I want to just go back to basics a little bit because some some of the stuff you talk about um, on the course is, you know, really thinking about the basics. Um, how do how do you how do you sell more? Cut costs, increase prices. Are business leaders good at this stuff in general, or could we as a nation improve? I'm just thinking, you know, you, you really take the leaders back to uh, really understanding the fundamentals of their business, and I'm just wondering whether we should all be doing this at school you know take it way back well it's very very funny you should mention that because just yesterday i had a a call with a an existing client but she's been employed um uh, and she took a job in november and she's been made redundant and you know we had a she asked for a meeting and i said did you look at the company accounts for the company that you were about to take the employment with and she said well no um so we we loaded up company's house we looked at the accounts and it showed that there you know this was obviously a company that had not survived through covid uh, they were obviously trying but it, it hadn't worked and they were you know they'd gone from minus 60,000 of negative equity to minus 162,000 of negative equity you know, and it's that old expression, you can't catch a falling knife or you shouldn't catch a falling knife. And she said to me, she said, why are we not taught this basic finance stuff at school? One of the key values to my organization is about education. Uh, why am I sat here doing your podcast? It's about education. Why do I, you know, I haven't really got time to teach at Northumbria University and it's not just help to grow. I teach innovation and entrepreneurship, um, but it is about education. Um, and I just don't think financial education is where it needs to be. Um, so people come to the, the you know, uh, my session on, on business finance um, for help to grow, expecting, God, numbers is going to be dead boring and they get something completely different um and it's about i think challenging um and i don't and i know business owners are not good at this stuff they might tell me that they're good at it but they're not um they're disorganized um i'm one of those disorganized people i i am uh there's me you know doing my mileage today for the last year because i haven't been doing it as i've been going along you know it, it's that it's that sort of thing you know business owners just don't they know they should do certain things, but they're not always doing it. And the need and part of it is they need a reminder. We we talk a lot really also about why businesses might fail. I mean, it could be insufficient capital or poor cash management, that sort of thing, pricing, but also uncontrolled growth. So I just wondered, you know, what do you come across um, with not necessarily your clients, but the people people you meet? Yeah, it's very interesting. My number one place to go is when a client comes in and says, I don't really know what's happening in my business. I say, well, do you have good bookkeeping records? Do you do your bookkeeping weekly? Uh, and it's surprising. They go, well, actually, no. Well, the accountant does that thing. 
uh, well, actually, maybe you need to be a bit more engaged and involved in in your finances. And I'm actually a big fan of getting smaller businesses to actually start by doing their own bookkeeping. And we tend to train them how to do their own bookkeeping because they've got a better understanding. So as the business grows, although they might hand off the bookkeeping to someone like us or bring someone internal into it, um, they actually would start to understand how those numbers were brought together. And it gives them a much better kind of basis for it as well. I think the other thing as well is that there there is a quite a poor standard of accountancy work in the market for small business owners in in particular. Um, I I know that because of the standard of work that we pick up. Um, it's it's got mistakes in it. It's 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 not very good. And they I think small business owners believe that every accountant or every firm of accountant out there accountants out there is going to be doing a fantastic job for them. And because they don't have any base knowledge, they've got nothing really to gauge it against. And that's you know that's where we pick up clients. We only pick up clients when the relationship is broken or someone is setting up for the first time. Um, so we tend to see the certain names, I suppose, that we see all of the time. Um, and that's, you know, that's where we start this process of education right at the very beginning. And that's where I do believe it needs to go. And once you've got the basics right, you can start doing things like management reporting, um, setting budgets. We can do this wonderful cash management uh, you know, cash flow predictions, all of these amazing things for people. Um, it, it is it is very difficult. And just to go back to your point about uncontrolled growth, I've got a you know construction client, and we, we've actually they've they've moved on because they've become so big we can't you know help them. And they came to us at a point where you know the business had grown so quickly they couldn't keep on top of all of the the purchase invoices so they were ringing around their suppliers at the end of the week saying how much do we owe you and kind of we'll send the payment across i was like wow and it was just because they didn't have the basic processes and the basic fundamentals in place before the business started to grow um and that's a great place for anyone and a great piece of advice is get that bookkeeping and basic accountancy processes set up because it is the foundation for 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 your business to grow in the future and to control it as well. I like the fact that you talk about the importance of a checklist because I'm all for lists. <laughs> um, but just to, yes. to manage, you know, to make sure that you don't have inaccuracy and inefficiencies um, eating into your profits, you know, that just that importance. There's a there's a great book, I don't know whether you've ever read it, called, by written by Atal Gawande uh, called the, the Checklist Manifesto. And um, it was just a book that I picked up and it changed my entire outlook. Um, And, you know, he talked about reducing operating theatre mortality rate. Um, And not just it was a piece of research he was doing for the World Health Organization, Um, not just uh, for the develop, developed world, but also the, the developing world. But the interesting thing is he brought in place, I think it was a 17-point operating theatre checklist, um, and they reduced mortality rate by a third. You know, Atal Gawande didn't believe when his research assistant came to him with the, the results. He was like, this can't be right, this can't be right. Um, and it was right. Um, we've We've gone off and pretty much we've got checklists for everything now um when we kind of one of our little secrets in the business and we're very 
protective over this document, over a document, believe it or not. And we call them uh, tax return questionnaires. And we've got different flavors of them for personal companies, uh, there's capital gains, there's all sorts of things like that. Um, but they're, they're just a, a fundamentally a checklist document when we take on a new client. And if you imagine a personal tax client, people, everyone's different. They've got different investments. They might own property, all of those sorts of things. And um, we this checklist form just makes sure we understand the client. So it builds a picture of the client right from the outset. But I've helped clients do this from an in their own business, not just accountancy. So, you know, a bath a bathroom company, for example, you know, imagine you're walking into a job, um, you know, you're the person doing the survey for the job isn't necessarily the person who's going to do the do the work. So why not on the initial visit find out where the stopcock is for the house to turn the water off? Uh, what sort of heating system is it? Is it gas fired? Is it electric? Um, what's what's the floor made out of? Are, were there any previous leaks? Um, attaching some images to the document. What are the measurements? Is there a space for a diagram? And people say, well, hang on a minute, Justin, but that's not about accountancy. Of course, it's about accountancy because it's about accuracy. It's about getting the job done right first time. It's about reducing errors. Um, it's about, you know, it's all of these things. And it all relates to money, you know, and, that, uh, and that's, uh, I think, a remarkable thing. Remarkable thing. You're listening to Why Small Business Matters. Find out how Northumbria University can help your business thrive through the Help to Grow Management Programme, delivered by leading small business and enterprise experts from Northumbria University with the support of leading figures from industry and experienced entrepreneurs. The programme supports senior managers of small and medium-sized businesses to boost their business's performance, resilience and long-term growth. The 12-week programme is 90% funded by the government and the fee payable by participants is £750 and has been designed to allow participants to complete it alongside full-time work. The in-depth, high-quality curriculum supports you to build your capabilities in leadership, innovation, digital adoption, employee engagement, marketing, responsible business and financial management. By the end of the programme, you'll develop a business growth plan to help you lead your business to realise its potential. To find out more about the programme, the modules, eligibility and fees and delivery dates, go to northumbria.ac.uk slash help to grow. You're listening to Why Small Business Matters. I'm Sarah Stevenson, and today I'm joined by Justin Turner, where we talk about demystifying accountancy and how technology can help simplify your business. You mention um, people in business a lot. I just want to explore why you think that's important, because you obviously think that people should know the right processes, they should have the right training and mentoring. I just want perhaps our listeners to understand why you think that's important. Businesses can't grow without people. And I opened my book with uh, something with a, you know, a quote that a client said to me once. And this, this particular client, he said, I hate my staff. You know, isn't that, a, you know, just a heartbreaking thing to say, you know, that's not how I feel about my staff. You know, I've already said oh, I've got a brilliant team and I do have a brilliant team. You know, I, I completely get it. Staff, are, you know, challenging that brings different 
oh, problems um, and the, you know they're just challenges at the end of the day that you've got to overcome and everyone is different they work differently um, they think differently you know we, we've all had that situation where we were in a meeting and you look at someone going oh my god this person's a bit crazy you know it, I think you've got to enhance, you know, take that on board and think, you know, this is, it's just a new challenge in life, but we've got to become better at managing these people. But if you imagine when a business is small and, you know, I run the business with my wife, Sue, when we were, when there were only three members of staff, the, the two of us and one of the member support staff, um, you know, when we went on holiday, that was the world's most expensive holiday because the income would just drop away. Whereas actually now, Sue and I went away in April uh, for a fortnight. Um, yeah, the income did drop a bit, but it didn't drop to the same degree. It, the business was still operating. And it's the same if someone, you know, unfortunately, you know, I had a member of staff who went off on the sick. You know, I'm really passionate about health and well-being. Uh, and I said to that member of staff, I said, you take the time you need, get yourself better. We'll, we'll support you any way we can. Um, you're integral to the team. Let's move the work around. And when you're bigger and you've got people, you can do that. Um, it's safety in numbers. Um, so people are so important and we need to get better at people. And we need to stop saying things like, I hate my staff. I just cringe every time I hear it and I hear it a lot. Moving on from people, let's talk a bit about technology because that's obviously at the core of your business. Um, and I just want really... Yeah for you to explain why you think, you know, maybe talk a bit about AI, but how it can really help businesses and it's something we shouldn't be afraid of. Yeah, we shouldn't be afraid of technology. It, it is a wonderful thing. Um, you know, one of the great things that in my business is we've, we set up these automated workflows. So when something happens, it sets off a trigger um, in particular, we've got proposal software, and when a new client signs, it detects uh, that it's a new client, and it takes them on like a journey um, through. Our, well, the system sets up things like our uh, time tracking. It creates them as a client, so no longer do we need someone to then go in and manually enter data from one system into another. We can do it automatically, um, and. You know, that, that, that is a wonderful thing. And sending out standard emails and we, we use a messaging system called Slack and it will send a message to a channel in Slack to say, oh, congratulations, everyone, we've won a new client. That's getting rid of the problem of, you know, a client picking up, new client picking up the phone saying, oh, hi, I'm, I'm, I'm Joe, the, you know, who, who, you know, the client, the, the staff don't know who it is. It, it, we, we're getting rid of those sorts of problems and technology can do that. If I was, uh, to advise a client where to start with technology, it's always at that point of onboarding um, because that's where the, the biggest saving is fundamentally in time is actually onboarding someone properly, getting the pricing right and all of that kind of great stuff. Um, it, it makes a huge, huge difference. But there is a but coming. Um it, the technology in my business is an enabler for us to spend more time with our clients. It's this. I think there's a lot of business owners that are really frustrated. Everything is so difficult. Everything is so difficult. So the technology is there to get rid of the admin and the boring, 
and give us the time back so we can actually spend it in meetings with clients, talking to them what about what matters most to them. Um, they're the hero of our story. We're not the hero of the story. The client, we're, we're guiding them fundamentally. Um, so when they pick up the phone, they get us. And I, I said recently, I said, the day we put a chat system on our website is the day we've gone wrong. Hooray. <laughs> <laughs> Hate chatbots. <laughs> I'm just thinking, though, automation is great because it can make or break your business if, if you don't you know, get, on, get on board. But some people are afraid to invest in it. And, you know, if they've got a staff who've been there for 20, 30 years and maybe they're not totally on board with this change. Um, I just wondered how you maybe talk to your clients about that and, and encourage them to take that step. Yeah, resistance to changes. I mean, that's been a, talked about for decades now, um, change management work, all of that sort of stuff. I think you've got to really get identify the people who will potentially struggle um, and and talk to the, those members in your team about you know what is what's causing the resistance and normally it's it's they're frightened of the the technology they've you know they've been used to, used to something and they're not particularly great um at it and you know i think a case in point is the there's nicola who works for me uh, she's worked for me for a long, long time now. Um, and when she started, she said, I'm not very good with technology, Justin. Um, but we've always helped and supported. And she, she's just been able to do amazing things with technology. So I, I do believe you can learn to do it. And But it is about making sure that the people who will be you know, struggled the most is make sure they're properly supported because at the end of the day, the technology is just the enabler for them to do their job. And enable better cash flow. I mean, we, we talk a lot, don't we, on the course about um, improving cash flow and being able to forecast invoicing early and often, um, controlling your spending, investing in the right products to help with forecasting. And I think sometimes businesses come on and, and, and you know, you ask them the question, can they forecast the next seven days, next month? And very often it's rabbits in headlights, isn't it? Tell us a bit about why it's important fundamentally to be able to forecast. Yeah, I mean, it is really, really important. I mean, it goes back to that old adage of cash is king. Um, when when businesses are really super small micro businesses, you can almost do it on the back of a piece of paper. Um, as soon as your business starts to grow, it, it becomes incredibly complex to start for you know forecasting, and that's where digital smart tech comes in. Um, we use a particular product called Futit Futrilli Predict. Um, which, you know, it connects up to zero, the bookkeeping software, uh, and it looks at historic data, it looks at your debtors list, it looks at what your tax payments are going to be, and then it just builds a cash model and it will just forecast off into the future. And it's incredibly accurate, you know, with very little input, it tends to work really, really well. And it, you know, when I look at mine, you know, you, you you might see a sudden bump down in the cash flow. For other clients we're looking at is where they're cash constrained. You're looking for the points where it's going to go red. That's a great conversation to be able to go to your bank manager and said, look, 
I can see in about 45 days we're going to have be a bit cash constrained. You know, do you think we could organise uh, an overdraft or some finance? Um, or you could say, you know, cash is going to be constrained, but we need to make some asset purchases. It changes the game because you're coming already prepared with all of the doc documents um, rather than it becoming a crisis and you're like, oh my God, we've run out of cash and then trying to pick up the bank. The bank don't want to know about those you know situations because they're you're already got yourself into a pickle um so it, it is incredibly important to forecast i mean when just to give you another example i mean in our business you know we're not massive there's there's nine of us um but you know we've got a us dollar account for all the bits of software that we we have we've got savings accounts we've got the main current account we've got an american express credit card you can't keep track of that all on the back of a piece of paper you're going to have to use some sort of technology to to keep track of it and that's that's where the, the smart digital tools are out there and they're ready they're ready for people to use and just in terms of um thinking about small businesses here how expensive are they if if you're a small business and you have tended to do everything on the back of a piece of paper previously I think sometimes the fear is, oh, I'm not sure we've got the cash to invest in this technology. What would you say? It's very cheap, in my opinion. Um, some might differ with that, um, but something like zero. Um, we we sell sort of cut down versions of that that start from um, from about five pounds a month plus the VAT. Uh, going up to kind of multi-currency versions, which oh, I'm trying to remember the price of that one, but thirty pounds plus VAT a month. I think to you know you manage your entire business finance do all your invoices your purchases reconcile your bank produce management accounts all a raft of other accounts accounting reports are in there as well that's to me that's a really great value and and something like zero is a great example because it's it's pre-built to integrate so our zero is integrated into go cardless and stripe we're in a position where very few people pay via backs no one pays on check or cash uh, and all of the payment collection is done automatically is that worth 30 quid a month yeah absolutely once you start growing as a business you might want to add on other bits of software so we use uh, another piece of software for invoice scanning and reading you know it uses they say it uses ai I, um i think it follows a set of rules machine learning rules i suppose um and that that costs between 12 to 27 pounds a month um and something like cash forecasting there are products that do get a bit more expensive but you're talking about maybe 25 to 50 pounds a month in that bracket so you know as a bundle of bits of software if you've got a, a business with say like us maybe nine members of staff with a with a fairly reasonable turnover um you know for less than 100 pounds a month you can have a bundle of, of software that is doing everything for you your payments your invoicing your um, management accounting your cash forecasting your purchaser order uh, sorry, your purchase invoice processing. Um, I, I think to me that's great value. If you had a member of staff doing that, the staff cost alone would be way over that figure. We all thought that making tax digital was coming in this year um, for small businesses, but that seems to have been delayed. <laughs> um, 
Do we know anything more about that and, and how will that affect small businesses? I mean, I didn't for a minute think it was coming in. It was one of our software providers for for a, a tax software rang me up and said, what are you doing about making tax digital, Justin? I said, well, absolutely nothing. They're like, well, it's coming. It's coming. I was like, it's not going to come. It's not going to come. Um I think history has just taught me that it's it, these things just get delayed and delayed and delayed. You know, it's uh, it's all very very well with HMRC bringing in a new scheme, for example, like reverse VAT for in the construction industry. Um, you know, they sort of they expect the the client to just deal with it because it's a legislative change. Although that there was a bit of a reprieve with that one slightly, um, but when it comes to trying to implement new technology I, I just i think you know government departments you know software in particular uh, it's a huge innovation problem because not only have you got to develop the software you've got to get people to use it um you know and there's a huge re- resistance for people you know there's still a lot of people who don't like technology um so you know i just it's coming, and I, I truly believe we can. We've already got making tax digital for VAT, with you know the new capital gains reporting, the real time information on on property, um, that that's using the new infrastructure. But the, I think the next step is a much bigger step than those kind of little standalone things. Um, it will come, but it will maybe take a bit of time yet. Well, that may be good news for small businesses then. They've got a bit more time to, to think about it and, and maybe yeah. advance the technology in their business. Now, just thinking my, about... My prediction might be <laughs> wrong, by the way. <laughs> just thinking about your own business and your own um, entrepreneurship, uh, you you mentioned that um, you have your own mission statement on your website and I think you, you've all, already... Uh, mentioned how you help clients and what the reason really is behind what you do. But I think it's also important that you try to measure the impact that you have on your clients. Um, Because I think you ask your clients, don't you, whether they're satisfied with the work you've done and, and whether they'd recommend you. And that's really important to try and gauge that relationship with your clients and I wonder why you think that would be good for other businesses perhaps if they don't do it already yeah I, I, I pinched that idea from Enterprise <laughs> Rent-A-Car I don't know whether you, you're familiar I think they call it the ESQI um, model um, where they they, they you know, I happened to meet the um, the sales director for Enterprise Rent-A-Car we had him at the university actually doing uh, some guest guest uh, lecture slots uh, and he was he was t- that's one of the things he talked about and I thought what a great idea just rather than feed questionnaires that are really really long just ask your clients two simple questions you know are you completely satisfied with what we've done for you and would you recommend us yes or no um, it's a complete and utter gauge of the health of your business. Um, if clients are saying yes, yes, then you know you're moving in the right direction and you know, know you're doing the right thing. You know, fit no one, you know, the the response rate on a complex questionnaire is very, very low. So just make it super easy. Um, and then the enterprise model, 
you know, they, they, I mean, a very American thing is that if you don't achieve a certain a branch, um, doesn't achieve a certain score, which might be 85%, um, they get put in what they call enterprise jail. So they can't access other promotions in the, the, the organization. Um, I mean, I, that's not my cup of tea, I must say, but, um, it, it does measure, it's a great measure of success. I mentioned at the beginning um, that you're not only an accountant and an entrepreneur, but you're also um, an author. Um, tell us a little bit about the book and, and the motivation for writing it. Yeah, the oh God, yes, the book, the book. Uh, so obviously I wrote The, the Science <laughs> of Business. Um, I'm really passionate about science uh, and I think there's a huge amount in in science that can help us in business i think we're really poor at doing it you see businesses all the time doing something and that we know in science universities are great hubs of knowledge at the end of the day and i go there's a reason i go and teach it um at northumbria because we're, we're trying to show students um, business leaders, you know, that, that there's a huge amount of academic knowledge out there. Um, so I'm trying to write this book uh, where it's it's very story driven. So each chapter is kind of sto- a story from my life. Uh, some of them are a bit weird and wonderful. And they go through um, an idea from science. Um, I'll give you one quick example. It was a, a, fr- a friend of mine once put onto social media. He said, watch out tonight. It's a full moon. More crime happens on nights with a full moon. And his hypothesis was that because the magnetic pull of the moon uh, it would affect the quantity of water in our bodies and therefore it would drive people to madness and they would commit crimes. But, you know, actually, if we look to science, you know, and we look to something called Ockman's razor, the simplest solution is probably the right answer to that that problem. And it's probably that actually there's more light in the sky. So actually criminals can see what they're doing and all of that kind of great, great stuff. But the book fundamentally is I, I wrote it for, for my clients to try and help them, to guide them Um you know, I'm reading a book at the business book at the moment, um, and it's all about brand strategy and things like that. It's on one subject. My my book is very broad. It's it's very easy reading. Um, all of those kind of things. Uh, and it, yeah, I, 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 it was a harebrained idea that I had one day that I just thought I'd write a book. But the way I approached writing this book was, you know, it's a, it's a miracle I'm still married, Sarah. <laughs> 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 that was your toughest challenge yet. Um, a little bird told me that you also like to listen to podcasts in French. Yeah, well, I, sp- I speak fluent French. Um, so uh, that's actually a chapter in the book about my journey of, of learning French. Um, so every year I try and do something called like a 90-day massive action project. Um, I don't know whether you've heard of the business author Michael Heppel. Uh, he's actually a client of ours. Um but I started many, many years ago doing these 90-day challenges. So I'd pick up a new skill and I would do it for 90 days to see if I liked it. And we had the guitar 
uh, much to my wife's annoyance. I've, I've done the piano um, and magic. Magic was one of them. Uh, and I'd normally do them around New Year. Normally on the 1st of February, I'd start them because I'm always doing tax returns in January. So the New Year's resolution is out the window, basically. Um, but this, this one year, I decided that it was going to be French. And... Uh, yeah, five years later, I'm still still doing it. Um, maybe it's maybe it's six years now. Um, but yeah, I I, I learned to speak uh, French. But that was a that was a great experience because I I, I struggled with dyslexia uh, when I was at school, and you know it was one of those moments. You know, you've done your GCSE French, and your your French teachers like you know because of your dyslexia, I don't think you're ever going to speak a language fluently. Like, what a terrible thing to say to somebody. Um, you know, and when I met my French tutor, Serena, uh, for the first time, I said, oh, my, my te French teacher said, I've got dyslexia, I'll never be able to learn a language. And she just said, buff. You know, a very Parisian phrase there, buff. You know, that's just kind of nonsense. You know, I'll, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'll, I'll teach you to speak French fluently. And absolutely all credit to her. She is, she's done the job. So, yeah. <laughs> Fantastic. A man who likes a challenge. Well, it's been absolutely delightful talking to you today. If people want to find out a little bit more about you, your business, your book, um, where should they turn? If you want to ha look for the book, then it's on Amazon. If you just search for The Science of Business, you should find it. It's bright yellow cover. Um, very, very uh, kind of easy to, to recognise, I suppose. If you're interested in finding a bit more about uh, my accountancy business, that's called Orange Umbrella. Uh, and if you just Google Orange Umbrella, you'll be able to find the website straight away. Brilliant. Thanks so much. Yes, thanks very much for having me. If you've enjoyed listening to this episode, why not explore previous podcasts where we've covered a range of topics to help you grow your business, from sustainability and knowledge exchange to how to take your business global. If you'd like to find out more about the Help to Grow Management course, go to northumbria.ac.uk forward slash help to grow. Look forward to speaking to you on the next episode of Why Small Business Matters. Why Small Business Matters.